Hi there and a very warm welcome as every Friday to Bergos Now. I can't believe it's that time of the year again. Max, you're here to talk about earnings season yet again. Hello, Maximilian Bahn. Hi, Aurelia. It's good to have you. Um, I just, I still can't believe how time flies. I feel like every other week we're here to discuss earnings season. So I'll dive right in and ask you what's going on. Yes, it's a reporting season again. So yeah, yeah like almost every three months we are talking again about uh, the earnings season, about the results of the companies that just reported their earnings in the, in the past weeks. And yes, when we look at the current earnings season, it is right now in the full swing. So 446 of the S&P 500 companies reported uh, as of Tuesday the results for the second quarter of this year. And yeah, like <clears throat> most of the other earnings seasons in the past uh, two years, this one is also very interesting again because we are in living in an uncertain time. We have a lot of big topics right now mm. and uh, so there's a lot to watch. And for us as equity analysts, the earnings season is always like, yeah, you could say the most interesting season of the year because we get um, the information that, that we basically need to, to make our, our analysis. We get an um, outlook of the company's management and therefore it's the time when we make decisions if we uh, want to invest into a company if we want to keep our investment case or if we say okay we might have to take a profit or or, or sell a stock in, in the portfolio so the earnings season is always quite interesting because we basically don't um, talk about rumors then but we really talk about the actual results and the actual guidance of the companies okay max then tell me i know from our discussions when we prepped that this is a particularly interesting earnings season what makes this one different to let's just say the other ones i know that's too broad but i think you know <laughs> you know what i want to ask <laughs> yes um so i think this one is, is very special and um yeah, maybe the, the listeners that listen to our podcast already since two years, they maybe realized like we do this podcast on a quite regular basis and the overall environment changed quite a lot. So I remember the first podcast we did was during Corona. Then there was a big recovery. There was a very nice, uh, good economic outlook. And this great economic outlook that we had at the beginning of uh, 2020 changed a lot. So we have really seen a... Um, high inflation which is uh, apparently sticky we have seen uh, a war in uh, ukraine we have seen ongoing um, lockdowns in china and also supply chain issues which all drag somehow on the sentiment of investors yeah and this also explains the yeah rather weak performance of the equity markets so far this year and yeah this is somehow due to yeah analysts or investors pricing in the risks of a recession or of a more gloomy economic outlook into the share prices of companies so yeah this earnings season i think was um especially in the focus because yeah investors might hope to get an overview of the impact of actually a, a cool down of the of the economy on the company's earnings on the company's margins and so far, this was a very good earnings season. Okay, that's surprising. So tell me, how did the companies report? Yes. So as I said, like it was a positive surprise. Mm -hmm. Most of the companies or also most of the sectors uh, reported um, good results or surprised positively. So only the communication sector in the, let's say, S&P 500 sectors was weaker than anticipated by analysts. But apart from this, um, most of the sectors were able to really show 
results that were, yeah, maybe not great or the best, but somehow resilient in the current market situation. So this also led to a kind of short recovery rally that we have seen in recent weeks. Mm -hmm. So for example, the MSCI world gained more than 7% since the start of the earnings season Got it, yeah. after yeah, there was a um, rather weak performance in the beginning of the year. So somehow this positive surprise led to a better sentiment uh, among the investment community and also gives somehow um, analysts, I think, a better grip on how companies are really affected by the current circumstances. And yeah, for us, it's not just interesting what are basically past results, but also what is the guidance of the company and the management. So what can we expect in the upcoming future? So, I mean, apart from looking at the last few months, what conclusions can you draw from the earnings season from this current one? Yes. So, um, as I said, in addition to the actual numbers that we get uh, uh, black and white basically um, in, 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 the, in, the, in the morning and we can see, okay, that they missed the earnings uh, estimates or not, uh, we also get a lot of color around this. So we really get more information on how the company is going to deal in a recession, how um, might be, let's say, the order intake in the upcoming months. So usually yeah. the management commentary, the earnings calls are quite important um, also to get a better understanding of what is the current state of the business. And when we listen to earnings calls or when we also read through the, the, the research, there are basically like three main topics that are discussed um, by the management. Um, I think the first one is uh, recession risk. It's basically omnipresent. Everybody is talking about the recession and the risk of a recession and the impact of a recession. Sure. So this is something which is definitely in the focus of, uh, of companies. Another point is uh, margins. Because we see this high inflation environment right now, companies that are not able to pass on higher energy costs, um, higher material costs, um, cost from a tight labor market to the end consumer might have a drag on the margins. And also still, it's a, a bit of an older topic already, but still the labor market remains tight in certain industries, especially, for example, the service industry and so on. So the listeners, for example, that uh, yeah, plan to fly on summer vacation or where already on summer vacation might have recognized that there are some delays, especially in Europe uh, with airport personnel, with airline personnel. And yet this is one of the results of this um, basically labor shortage yeah. in certain industries. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and there was also an interesting development, for example, in other industries that were really on a hiring spree in the last two years, for example, investment banks. Yeah. Um, there was not really a lot of layoffs, but there was, let's say, a starting um, discussion about uh, how they might might uh, yeah, deal with their um, uh, HR politics in the future because they hired really a lot of people. And now somehow the uh, revenue, especially in M&A investment banking, was uh, rather weak. So now there might be layoffs coming up. That's also a possibility. Hmm. Um, yeah, but overall, something uh, we... Uh, observe that these three topics are um, having a lot of attention among the investor community. Yeah, when we look at uh, companies in our coverage, um, we try to select companies that are not too affected by this um, factors. I mean, you cannot avoid that they are affected by it, but we look for companies with a strong market position, which are somehow having all their resilience against uh, economic backdrops and 
those companies should be somehow able to basically face these risks. Um, and also what is interesting in this earnings season or what we also um, recognize is that when companies really surprise positively, um, they, you also see this in the stock prices. So it's always um, also interesting if you see the real share gaining 7-8% within a day because just uh, the analysts were too conservative about the earnings. And right. If you're basically a buyer of the stock, this also somehow, um, yeah, gives you a, a positive feedback because it basically tells you you were, you were right with your judgment about this, this stock. Max, a question that is, of course, at the moment, sort of the one in spotlight. And that is, you know, obviously one that I would like to ask before I let you go is sort of surrounding the question of an energy crisis. Everybody's talking about it. Will there be one? How will we deal with it? What should responses be? But when we're looking at it from the particular viewpoint that you're presenting today, earnings season, what, can you talk a bit about sort of the, the energy companies, what's happening there? Um, can you kind of contextualize the question of an energy crisis in your topics? Yes, of course. So the I think energy sector is one which is also closely observed at this, um, at this um, time. So... Maybe thinking back uh, two years ago when we were sitting here and talked about the earnings season, there was a completely different situation. Yeah. So um, there was uh, Corona, there were several lockdowns all around the world and there was a um, yeah, big hit on basic demand for oil and gas products because people stayed at home, they were not flying, they were not driving with the car. So now the recovery came sooner than expected and that led to an increase of the oil price. And now we have seen a yeah, geopolitical crisis with the um, invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia. Uh, let's say new uh, geopolitical risk um, came up and also a drag on the supply of oil. Yeah. And this led to overall very high oil prices, but especially very high gas prices, especially when we look at uh, European gas prices, they are really skyrocketing um, and are on a very high level. And this is mainly because, first of all, the market is tight. So um, as Russian gas flows are curtailed by Russia to a very large extent for yeah, geopolitical reasons to weaken somehow the European Union or to find a, themselves maybe in a better position to, uh, to, to deal with that conflict, um, the international market for LNG um, became very, very tight because an alternative to get basically the gas through pipelines is to um, import it via LNG, liquefied sure. natural gas. Mm -hmm. And this market was already tight before and is now extremely tight. And um, yeah, the gas prices were really skyrocketing due to this. So this led uh, integrated energy companies uh, really to um, an extraordinary quarter because they um, benefited from this uh, high energy prices. They were able to generate a lot of cash, which is um, yeah, returned via share buyback programs, uh, dividends, but also is invested into um, projects that are going to yeah help also the European Union to somehow get independent from uh, Russian gas, gas and oil supplies in the in the future. Mm -hmm. So they invest a lot into LNG terminals, for example, because one of the bottlenecks is not just the LNG itself, but also the capacity to regasify it because it's getting delivered in a liquid form and you yeah. need sort of somehow a terminal to regasify this. And yeah, this first of all needs uh, a lot of money to um, basically invest into this um, 
um, capacity, but on the other hand, it also takes time. And another pillar where, um, yeah, especially the European integrated energy companies are investing heavily in is um, renewables. So they also invest a lot into offshore wind parks. Yeah. Uh, in partnerships with other um, renewable companies. So this is also an important pillar for the energy supply of the of the future. So somehow this um, the sector, I think, is in a, in a very pivotal point where it, the um, energy politics of the European Union are going to change dramatically. And um, yeah, they might really benefit from this in the upcoming future because they are in a position to really change this. So overall, not an, not an easy environment. Um, also, there were um, some, uh, let's say, political pushes um, to somehow, uh, for example, introduce windfall taxes against oil and gas companies so that they are somehow required to, to um, yeah, share part of their profits with uh, the society or with countries. Also, some companies, for example, like Total Energies in France, cut the price of, of gasoline uh, by 20 cents uh, per liter. So somehow also these companies are under, let's say, political scrutiny, but also somehow try to balance this sort of out so that they are on the one hand um, yeah, supporting their governments or their, uh, the, the countries they're, they're working in, in this difficult environment. But on the other hand, they are also like now basically generate cash that is also needed uh, to invest into the future. So this is quite mm. an interesting sector to observe right now. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Max, for, for uh, getting a bit more into detail there. It's really relevant, obviously, at the moment. So thank you for the overview of today. As always, incredibly insightful and concise. And I think we, we nailed this under 15 minutes. So <laughs> thank you for, for that wonderful roundup. You're very welcome. And we thank you, as always, for listening. We hope that you will have a beautiful week ahead and a pleasant and successful week. We will be back with more from Bergos now next Friday. Until then, bye-bye.